Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Aren't you glad that God is taking us somewhere? Come on, He's taking us. He wants to take us somewhere. He wants to take us somewhere. And look at your neighbor. And I say this to you a lot. Say, I see you in your future. And you look a whole lot better than you do right now. Not that you look bad right now, but come on, our future is bright, is as bright as the promises of God. And so as we come into this latter quarter of 2020, how many of you guys will say, I'm glad we're coming to the end of 2020? 2020 has been a little funny, but as we launch into 2021 and we are going to go through a transformation series Come on, we're going to be transformed, but you have to partner with the Holy Spirit and say, transform me. And so that will be our series that we launch with in 2021. And so by the time, six months from now, you're not going to recognize us. Come on, we're going to say, I'm going I'm to be a different. I'm going to be changed. I'm going to be transformed. I'm going to move from the ugly worm into the beautiful caterpillar. Not that you're an ugly worm. I didn't call you an ugly worm, Okay. But transformation happens. But you know, if you're a worm, you're in good category. Jesus said he was a worm. Psalm 22. Come on, he says, I am a worm. You know what's a good thing about a worm? A worm has a lot of heart. I think they have, I don't know, I'm not a, an insect person. But I know if you kill or cut a worm, it keeps moving. Now, if you cut a snake, it dies. So the difference between a snake and a worm, a snake strikes back, but a worm, what, will allow itself to be crushed. And so today, as we've started the new month of October here in, in September, our theme was house church. It was house church. What, that we're the church, we're the house, we're the house. Amen. Where did Julie go? Just pray for Julie. Touch Julie in her body. Who needs a touch in your physical body right now? I just looked out. Some of you're here. Anna, you need a touch. Lord, just pray for Julie. Lord, pray for Stephanie, for Christina. Lord, all over the building. Lord, all the ones that have their hand raised. Lord, we just thank you that you're our healer. Lord, you're our healer. You're our healer. You're our healer. Lord, you're our healer. Thank you for touching us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus, you're the glory and the lifter of our head. And so our theme for September was house church. And I think the theme for October, I'm going to call it go church. Go church. Say it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. We have to go. And traditionally or historically in the last several years, we've, we've designated the month of October as an outreach month. And so even at the end of this month, we may not be having our annual festival and celebration. But that doesn't stop us from having a go in our heart that we have a message that we're willing and prepared to share with others. Jesus told the woman at the well in John chapter 4, he says, don't say in four months comes the harvest. He says, no, lift up your eyes and look and see. The fields are ripe with harvest. And so why are we saying go? Is it's time for us? Because you have a message. Come on, you have a message. I have a message. 
Say, I have a message. It's a message of good. The message is not just for pastor, whoever's up here speaking. No, the message is your message, and it better be your message because if you try to preach someone else's message, you're not going to, you're not going to do too well. So look at your neighbor and say, you better get a message. Get your message. The message is what? The good news of the gospel. Come on, the good news is that Jesus is alive and he still saves and he still heals and he still delivers and he's still set free. And he's alive and he can touch people right in their daily life. Okay, if you didn't give, I'm sorry, Terrence, amen, Lord, bless the offering. Bless the offering. If I didn't, if it, bless those that start waving at me. If you, and if you want to give again, if you want to do a double offering, we're not mad at you. Do a double offering. Take a double dose. And so bless those that have given. Bless their families. Bless their finances. Bless their relationships. Bless their health. Bless their bank accounts. Bless them in Jesus' name. Go ahead and, and give ye all, like we say, eat ye all of it. I'm going to say give ye all of it. Go ahead and give ye all of it. Amen. And uh, so... But you look and say, well, how are you going to go? How are you going to go? You have to have power, power. And so uh, I don't know what Pastor Eric's going to preach about, but I know I'm going to preach about the Holy Spirit today. The Holy Spirit. Why? Is because you need the early church was birthed in the power of the Spirit. They didn't go on their own. And I want to thank everyone that prayed last Sunday night. We had about 15 people show up, and we taught about the Holy Spirit, and we prayed. We had people get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And so we don't seek tongues, but we seek Jesus, who's the baptizer. And he says what? Come on. He says, John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water, but one is coming after me who's mightier than me is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So come on, how many of you guys, you got some old wood in your life that needs to be consumed? Come on, how many of you ever guys started a fire with some old wood? It burns really, really hot and really fast. Have you ever thrown an old Christmas tree on the fire? Don't do that in Alameda County. You will get arrested. But it's fun to watch. It just, so, but come on, how many of you guys, I got some old dry wood in my life that the Holy Spirit wants to burn up and consume. And so, come on, it's go church. It's time for us to go. And we go every day. We don't go on Sunday. We don't go because it's Wednesday. No, we go every morning because it's in him that we live and move and have our being. And every day he fills us if we make ourselves available to him. And so the great thing about us gathering today is because we get to corporately not just hear Pastor Steve share words from his own, but we get to hear the word of the Lord and the power of the word of God, the word of God. Now let me just share some things about the Holy Spirit, and then I'm going to share another passage and so you got to get your Bible out, whether you have your electronic Bible, your smart Bible. Hi, Gingy. It's so good to see you. Woo! Hi, Gingy. I mean, Ginger. Ginger. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of three different names. Gin you know what I'm trying to say. I'm half drunk. Hi, Ginger. Bless you. I haven't seen her in a while. God bless you. 
So just stretch your hands to Pastor Steve. Say, help Pastor Steve this morning. <laughs> you know, Scott, that's very good, Scott. That's a good one. Everyone just say, help and call your name out. Come on, help, whatever your name. Help, that's a good prayer. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. So the Holy Spirit, every one of us, though, we, you can have a personal Pentecost. Every one of us, it has to be a personal Pentecost. You say, Lord, I'm going to make time for you. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to get into a place. I'm going to go into an... Now, you don't have to if you don't want to, but you won't be endowed with power unless you make yourselves available. If you're filled up, I think if we're filled up with other, so much other stuff, I think it's hard for the Lord to get in. The Lord wants us to be the initiator and empty some things out so he can fill us up with some fresh oil from fresh water. And so the Holy Spirit, it's poured out upon us. And we want that because Jesus says, what? Go and wait, and when you wait, you're going to be given power or dunamis. And I don't know about you, but I need some power. I need power to be patient. I need power to be humble. I need power to close my mouth and not say what comes to my mind. I need power to, when I read the word, I read it in faith. I need power that when I pray, I don't just go through the motions of saying a, 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 a religious activity or religious calisthenics. No, but there's faith behind it. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And faith comes by hearing. You need power when you read the Word so it's not a dead letter. It's a living Word. As we know, the Word of God, it's fast, it's quick, it's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It goes down between joint and marrow and soul and spirit. And it divides and it discerns the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. That's scary right there. That verse is like, oh, yeah, I like that, I like that. But when it gets down to the last part of that verse, it discerns between the thoughts and the intents. That means it deals with our motives. What is our motive? I mean, God will break you down. He'll get right there. What is your motive? What's your motive for what you do? What's your motive? And so you're like, God, I can't hide from you. I got to surrender. So God's word, it's quick, it's powerful. Let me get back to my notes, otherwise you're going to be in for a long service. That's okay, there's nothing on. You know, I don't even know why I pay for Comcast, because I don't even watch TV. I'm like, I thought of this, I'm like, why am I paying them $60 a month to, I haven't even watched TV in six months. I'm like, I don't have time to watch TV. And so, so turn the television off. I don't even have time to watch ESPN or sports. There's nothing on it. I can't watch sports without fans. You look at these dumb, that's like church. That's like having church with a bunch of fake pictures up there. I'm just like, are you kidding me? It's just like, are you that phony and fake that you got to make up cheers and make up faces? And it's like, give me a break. But anyhow. So my point being is you have nowhere to go. You have nothing to do. Some of you need to get a life in the Holy Ghost and pray. So it's okay. Pray for I told you to pray for me. I don't mean to offend anyone. But come on. Like, 
how can you like leave the glory of God and the anointing and then go watch some stupid TV program that deals with carnality and flesh? It's like, I, I, know I'm, I know I'm stepping on some toes right now, but I know it. I know I am. But it's like, it's like, okay, come on now. It's like either we, anyhow, maybe it's just because I'm the pastor. I have to do that stuff. But all right, so the Holy Spirit, it's been poured out for, I'm going to give you seven points, and then so I'm going to, I'm going to give you my points, and then I'm going to go to Romans 8, I'm going to go to Romans 4, and we're going to end in Romans 5, okay? So those of you that brains, you want order and structure and plans and procedures, here it is. I'm going to give you seven points, Emma. Then I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8. Then I'm going to Romans 4, and I'm going to end in Romans 5, okay? That's our, that's our game plan, maybe. But the Holy Spirit, he's been poured out, and the one thing he's been poured out in our lives is to cause the word to come alive in us. Everyone says, oh, I got to get the, the Holy Spirit pours out so I can speak in tongues. No, the Holy Spirit was not poured out for you to speak in tongues. Okay, the Holy Spirit causes the word to come alive within us so that we have a personal Pentecost and we have a living word. The Holy Spirit, number two, or three, I'm sorry. I'm still drunk. I can't know. I don't know one from two. The Holy Spirit's been poured out to release us from the spirit of self, selfishness and self-centeredness. How many of you guys are selfish? Don't lie to me. We all have. And also self-centered. We're self-centered. We're self-centered. We, we live in our own little bubble. We have to, we, come on, how many, even Pastor Steve, I can live in my own little world. And I think the world revolve, should revolve around me and my plans and my issues and what I'm dealing with. And I got to remember that it's a big world out there. It's a big God. And he's dealing with a lot of people and a lot of situations. And so the world, look at your name, it says the world does not revolve around you. And so the Holy Spirit causes us not to be self-centered. And that's the great thing about being a leader and us being connected because we want to be outward, not inward. Now, be inward in your devotion to the Lord. Be inward in your devotion to prayer. Be inward in your worship. Be inward in your walk with the Lord. But be outward in your life dealing with humanity. Give yourself away. Give yourself, live out so that other people will be blessed because that's what Jesus did. For God so loved that he gave. And you and I are to be so in love with God and so in love with humanity that we live out. Now, Pastor Steve, there's a part of me that can be inward. How many of you guys got a part of you that don't like, that does not, let me correct my English, that does not like people. Like, and what I mean by that, Euro, what I mean by that is there's, because depending on your personality, some of us are very social and we like big crowds and you guys know what I'm talking about. You like parties, but there's other part of us that like, there could be a party and you could just like, I'm out, I'm going to bed and just, or you can just be by yourself. You know what I'm talking about? And well, pastor, there's a part of Pastor Steve that I'm okay that I can just be by myself. I may have to have Kratos with me because he follows me everywhere, but I don't know. But I just want to, you just want to be alone and just like, can I just hear myself think? Can I just get alone 
and just meditate with God or can I read a book how, how many of you guys have ever even read a book this year like it's like hard to read a book these days huh like at least in Pastor Steve's life but anyhow my point being is that God's making us outward not inward where we will reproduce ourselves that also when we go through the experience of crushing and bruising that that experience of going through difficulty in life will cause us to give out that we'll model for other people what is it like to go through difficulty what's it what's it like to go through a challenging time what is it like because they'll see them like wow you you really you really had peace in that situation or how did you do that and so your life experience that you've gone through even the crushing even the bruising is part of us giving out for other people for us the Holy Spirit has also been poured out so we can have a daily infilling for divine wisdom I mean know that God doesn't withhold it that every day come on the wisdom that's from a from above it's what it's peaceable it's pure it's holy. Come on, you know the book of James. It's peaceful. And so every day we can be filled with the spirit of wisdom. Also, the Holy Spirit has been poured out so that we can deal with real life issues. That one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit is perseverance. That you are one that you don't give up. You don't throw in the towel. You persevere. You endure. You're... you're one that's not swayed the Holy Spirit has also been poured out to for us to embrace the entire body of Christ which is in it true emerging multicultural and multi-generational body the Holy Spirit drives out prejudice basically it drives it out so that we can see that God is doing things throughout the nations not just in our nation the Holy Spirit also has been pulled out to give us boldness and confidence and courage. One of the attributes you read in the book of Acts, chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, it says that they preached the word with boldness. So the Holy Spirit gives us bolded, boldness and courage into the faithless and faint-hearted areas of our life and causes us to be people of strength and determination. People of strength and determination. So the Holy Spirit gives us courage. Hey, can you just lift up your hand and say, Lord, thank you for courage. Thank you for courage. That's what encouragement means. It means to be infused with courage. Encouraged. To be infused with courage. The Holy Spirit has also been poured out to give us fresh passion for righteousness and holiness with the baptism of fire to refine and purify us and to wash away any residue of the world. Come on, say, Lord, burn it. Burn out the dross. And then the Holy Spirit's also been poured out to give every believer, okay, every believer a new prayer language and vocabulary in the Spirit so that they can pray on target and pray the will of God. 
so we can pray on target. How many know in Romans 8 it says the Holy Spirit sometimes we don't know what to pray, but the Spirit helps our infirmities. It helps our weakness. The Holy Spirit searches the mind of God and searches the mind so that we would pray on target. Isn't that silly? You just make a bunch of prayers, but you're not even hitting the target. It's like a waste of time. And then the last thing is the Holy Spirit has been released to are poured out to release us in the gifts, the nine gifts of the Spirit that are stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and also the gifts of ascension in Ephesians chapter 4. Come on, the Holy Spirit. How many know that the gifts that God gives people, sometimes we get enamored with people because they're gifted, but don't you know that that gift is not theirs? That gift... Sometimes we say, oh, that person's so gifted. Well, the gift speaks of the person that gave it, and the gift is to edify the body. And so you should say, that's what Paul told the Corinthian church. He says, ask God to give you gifts. And one of them, he says, ask that he gives you the gift of prophecy. So why? So that you and I, here it goes, to be a go person, is what? So that you could bless other people. You can bless other people. God can give you a word of knowledge or a gift of faith or a gift of healing and so good. God wants to endow us and release his church in gifts. So encounter church, don't be afraid of gifts. They're not yours anyway. You just get to steward them. And, you, and guess what? The gifts operate in faith. They operate in faith. Okay, well now Pastor Steve's done with his notes. Amen. Let me just throw them down here. So turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 8, and we're just going to read through here. And the reason I want to read some of the word is because I know most of us are behind on our annual Bible reading uh, through the Bible in a year. So we're going to catch up today. We're going to read like 30 chapters this morning. No, I'm only kidding. Romans chapter 8, come on, how many of you guys love this chapter? It says, now therefore there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Come on, if you're condemned, that's the devil. If you're convicted, that's the Holy Spirit. Come on, there's conviction, but not condemnation. Romans 8, it says, therefore there is now, everyone say now. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Come on, say, Lord, help my walk. Come on, help my walk. Say, Lord, help my walk to line up with your word. Help my walk to line up and stay in step with the Holy Ghost. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Don't you know that you're free? Come on, I don't know about you. That's why, Pastor, I can get happy, happy, because I remember when I, I hear people sing and I, that I was once dead, but Jesus Christ pushed me out of the way, stood in my place, and took the bullet for Pastor Steve, and I watched him die. I was dead. He took my place, and he paid the price for me to live in freedom. That's why I know I said I have to fight for freedom. I have to fight to maintain you and I. And I shared this a couple weeks ago, and I'm sorry for this mic going back. It's my fault, no, but anyway. But come on. Jesus, uh, Paul said to the Galatians, he says, when you begun in the spirit, don't live it out in the flesh. 
When you've begun in the spirit, why are you trying to carry it out? So come on, how many say it's a process and it's a daily act of choosing? And it's not even just a daily act. How many know sometimes it's an hourly act? And it's not even an hourly act. Sometimes it could be a minute by minute act, right? Come on. You know what I'm talking about? You may have started out in prayer having a good day. Then you got on the freeway and someone cut you off and you realized that the flesh was still alive. Right? And so we get to what? Say, okay, Lord, let me stay in step with the Holy Ghost and not give my flesh room to dominate me. And so it says, verse 3, for what the law could not do and that it was weak in the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be filled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Say, Lord, help my walk. For those who live according to the flesh, here it is, they set their mind. Now, I'm going to tell you, have you ever read the Bible and the Bible scared you? Or you read the Bible and you're like, I don't like that part because it puts some onus on me. Well, this is one of those verses because God doesn't set your mind, you do. Everyone's like, God, just change my mind. No, you change it. You set your mind. You set your heart. Who set their mind on things according to the Spirit. Verse 6, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The carnal mind is against God. Verse 7, For it is not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. So then those who are in the flesh, they cannot please God. But you, come on, everyone say me. I'm not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness don't you know what gives you and i true life is the spirit of god it's not our oatmeal that we eat in the morning or our starbucks that we drink even though that may be good natural fuel except if you're trying not to drink coffee but come on how many know what really gives you life in your body is the spirit of god not the natural things that we so depend upon it's the spirit of righteousness verse 11 but if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised jesus raised christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit come on right now right now come on right now just lay your hand on your life say lord thank you i lay i mean lay hands on your body say lord thank you for for the life of the spirit in my mortal body thank you for the life of your spirit sickness and disease has no authority here no disease no sickness no cancer nothing 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 of this world nothing of this earth nothing of the demonic realm no your word says lord that your spirit gives my mortal body life and your spirit will quicken my mortal body Verse 12, it says, therefore, we're debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. 
Because if you live according to it, you're going to die. But if by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit, you kill. Now, I like this. This is where it gets. Come on. How many people we like to fight in here? How many fighters? How many people? Some of you guys are crazy. Come on. How many in your old life? Some of you guys used to carry guns and knives and weapons and you like to fight. Don't start looking at each other. I'm not looking at anyone. Some of you guys still have weapons. I have one too, but it's okay. It's home protection. It's legal. Um, It says, but... Jesus, you got to distract. Stop distracting me. It says, but by the Spirit you kill or you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Remember the verse I preached a couple weeks ago. Jesus says, whoever receives him to them, he gives the right to become. John chapter 1, for as many as receive him, to them he gave the right or the power to be the sons of God. And this verse says, as many as are led by the Spirit thee of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not, verse 15, you didn't receive the spirit of the world or the spirit of slavery or the spirit of bondage, again, that causes you to be fearful and afraid. If you're wondering what translation I'm reading from, I am reading from the pastor Steve Holy Ghost Version. I'm reading it as I read it one way, but it's coming out a different. It says you, re- you didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to be fearful but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Daddy, you're my dad. You're my dad. Abba, you're my father. Not the spirit of fear. How many know the spirit of Abba The spirit of the father, the perfect love drives out fear. For perfect love drives out fear. Fear comes to torment. Fear comes to bring worry. Fear comes to bring anxiety. Fear comes to divide us. Fear comes to make us anxious. Fear comes to, it's all those things that are rooted in fear. But aren't you thankful that perfect love drives out fear? And his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children. That's why if someone says, how do you know God is real? You can say, I know that I know because his spirit lives inside of me. And he gave me the witness of his spirit, the Holy Ghost, and I just know that I know. And they're like, well, how do you know? And you can just say, I know. I know because I have the witness of the spirit. I just know. And they says, well, you can't see him. And just say, yeah, but I know he's real. And then you can just give them a word of wisdom or a word of revelation and a word of knowledge or a word of prophecy and then just declare the word over them and pray for them and do it in love and not in condemnation. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and if we're his children, then we're heirs of God according to And then look what it says here. All this is just the prelude to verse 18. It says, for I consider this, that the pressure or the trials or the tribulations or the suffering of this present time, 
Come on, how many of you guys are going through some difficulty? You may be, and it's real. It's valid. You may say, this has been a challenging year. There's a lot going on, but you read this and says, now, in light of all this, in light in comparison to the Holy Ghost, in comparison to the Spirit of God, in comparison to the Word of God, in comparison to who I am in God, then this slight consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which is revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation waits for the revelation of the sons of God. So everyone look at your neighbor and say, that's you. For the creation was subject to futility because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation will be delivered from bondage and corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together into now. Ashley, where's Ashley? Ashley, you know what those birth pains are like. Come on. That's what it says, like the whole world is like, come on. Have you ever said, God, there has to be more? Come on. I know that there's more. I know that evil will not prevail in the earth. I know that God reigns in the earth. His word stands true. His kingdom reigns. I know that God reigns over the governments, over the systems of this world, even though in the natural it looks like evil is winning. But God says, no, that the creation is groaning and waiting for the manifestation of the kingdom and of the sons of God. And so what is that? There's going to be something that is birth. Don't you know that you and I live in a time where there's more people in the world than ever before so if there's more people in the world than ever before, then I say there's more grace, there's more mercy, there's more love, there's more revival, there's more people that are going to get saved and come into the kingdom of God because I know that God has said, you know what, God is not on the throne like, oh, wow, you know, it looks like the devil's winning. I just, you know, Jesus, I, you know, I don't know what we're going to do. No, God is not in heaven worried says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and he has a people that are going to have the revelation of who they are and the power of the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, in my day, in my body, in my family, in my community, let a manifestation of your Spirit come and transform me into a new person. Change me, transform me, change the culture. That's why if you started preaching at a tree, I wouldn't get mad at you. Come on, it says that all creation is groaning. And so if you got to preach, you want to practice preaching, say, I'm afraid of people. Well, start practice preaching to your tree in your backyard and say, grow a lot of fruit or whatever. Be fruitful and multiply. I think someone did that to my lemon tree because I have a lemon tree that has lemons on it all year. And I, I mean, I don't, I've, I haven't seen it. It's like, it, I have lemons if you want lemons. I have lemons on my tree all year ripe. And I'm like, this must be an anointed tree. I'm like, Pastor Portia, did you put oil on that tree or did you anointing? But it, it has green lemons, but it always has ripe lemons. I've never seen it before. Maybe, maybe I'm just a little slow. I don't know, but strange things happen in California. Okay. 
And so it says this, that we're saved in hope. Verse 24, jump with me to verse 24. We're saved in hope. Come on, I'm gonna preach to you about hope. We're gonna get there. But hope that is seen is not hope. Come on, how many say, man, I wanna see it. Lord, when, when, I wanna see it, Lord, when? When are you gonna do it? When's it gonna show up? It says here, it says, if you see it, it's not hope. Hope is, you know what hope is? Hope is expectation. Hope is faith. Hope is Jesus. So we're saved in hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. Come on. You got to see it through the eyes of faith. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with perseverance. Now turn with me in your Bible. Here you go, Emma. This is for you. Flip over to Romans chapter 4, and we're going to end in Romans 5. Let's read about this hope. Because here it is. Abraham. Romans chapter 4. And it talks about us being believers. We sang about it today. God is able. There's nothing he cannot do. Come on, when you say, God, you're able, there's nothing you cannot do. I believe you. No matter what I'm seeing in the natural, no matter, no matter even what I'm feeling in my own personal life, God, I trust your word and I trust you that you're not a man, that you should lie and that you remain faithful because you cannot lie. So look, it talks about Abraham. It says that Abraham received the blessing of circumcision before he was circumcised. What does that mean? What was the purpose of circumcision came to him? The blessing of it meant, well, you know what it meant? It meant that you were in covenant, that you were not just a no one. You weren't just an alien, not in the royal family. And so it says this, that Abraham received the sign of circumcision, which was the sign of the covenant, which was the sign of walking and being a friend of God before it happened in the natural. That's the power of faith. It says, does this, verse 9, does the blessedness come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it counted? Now let's jump to verse 11. For he received the sign of circumcision, the seal of righteousness of faith, which he had even when he was still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all who believe. Come on, can you say that? Say, Lord, I believe today. Though they are uncircumcised, that the righteousness might be imputed to them. Verse 12, he's the father and the father of circumcision to those who are not only of the circumcision, but who also walk after the steps of faith. Now let's get to the good part. Come on, how many of you guys like to eat dessert before your meal? Here we go. It says, verse 13, it says, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, Come on, not through the law, not through your works, not through your flesh. Come on, let me say, my flesh has to die. Not through religion and rituals, but through the righteousness of faith. For those who are of the law are heirs. Faith is made void and the promise doesn't has no effect. Verse 15, because the law brings about wrath. 
For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, you may have to read this second time or third time on your own and just say, Lord, help me to understand what this is talking about but look at verse 17 here was Abraham dead in the natural waiting on the promise of God because God says you know what Abraham you're going to have a son a promised son and you're going to have this son through Sarah and Sarah was 90 years old and so in the natural they were both dead In the natural, there was nothing to hope in. There was nothing to be excited about. He was 99. She was 90. And in the natural, but in the, and so in the midst of dead, dead, dry, dead, dead. Everyone say dead, barrenness. Nothing was happening. There was no hope. It was like, man, are you sure? It says Abraham hoped against hope. And it says he didn't stagger. But look what he says. In verse 17, it says, Abraham, it says, in his presence, in the presence of the one who said, I made you the father of many nations, he believed God. Look at your neighbor and says, you better believe God. God who gives life to the dead and calls the things that do not exist as though they do, who against hope, in hope, he believed so that he would become the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Look at verse 19. Here it is. One of my favorite passages. Come on. Come on, say, it's not over. It's not over. And Abraham, not being weak in faith, Come on, say, don't be weak in faith. Come on, look at your neighbor. Look at yourself. Say, be strengthened in faith. Come on, because you know why? You can have faith levels. You can have weak faith. You can have no faith. You can have great faith. You can have strong faith or the lack thereof. Come on, say, my faith needs to grow. And so Abraham, not being weak in faith, he didn't even consider his own body, though it was dead, since he was about a 100 or the deadness of his wife. He didn't waver at the promises of God through unbelief. Everyone say, drive out unbelief. Drive out fear. But he was strengthened in his faith. He was strengthened by his faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced, that's what we sang today, that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Don't you know when God gives you a promise that in the promise is the ability to perform it? That when God speaks in his speech, in his declaration, in his word is the creative ability for what is promised to be produced by his word and his breath. So I don't know about you. Come on. How many of you guys say, Lord, there's some areas in my life that are dead and I need some life. I need some faith. I need some health. And this was Abraham. And he was being fully convinced that God was able to do it. Therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. 
You know why he was righteous? Because he just says, God, I'm going to believe you and not myself. I'm going to believe you and not what I hear in the natural. I'm going to believe you above everything else. I'm going to believe your word. Verse 20, thing, now it was written not for his sake alone. So everyone look at your neighbor again and say, this is for you. That it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised him from the dead, who delivered us up for our offenses and was raised up for our justification. Frank, if you don't mind coming back to the piano, I'm going to wrap it up here. Now we're coming to the landing. Now we're in Romans chapter 5. And in Romans chapter 5, it says, therefore... Now, the reason it says, therefore, because if you didn't read Romans chapter 4, then you really don't know what chapter 5 is talking about. So when you read your Bible, if you ever see a therefore, you got to go back to get the context. Okay? So every time it's a therefore, you got to go back and know why, why it's therefore, as I heard old preacher say. Okay, it's therefore so you can go back and get time. So it says, therefore now being justified by faith. Don't you know that your faith in Christ makes you justified like you have never sinned? Now that doesn't mean you get a license to go out and act crazy and says, you know what? I can just sin because God's grace will forgive me and my faith in the Lord will justify me and I can just live like the devil. No, that's not what it's saying. But I love this. Look what it says here. It says, therefore, being justified by our faith, we have peace with God. Come on, I declare peace. Don't you know that peace is priceless? Come on, peace in your heart, peace in your body, peace in your emotions. You know, you can't go to a therapist. You can't get peace by going to, you can't go somewhere and pay the money and go uh, and get, now, if you need counseling, Therapy, whatever, I'm not knocking that. But peace is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. And you can't get peace trying to figure it all out. It says, Philippians chapter 4, it says, be anxious for nothing. Hmm. Anxiety. You know the anxious anxiety? Anxiety means worry and fear. It means to be divided. And it says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So if you come to God in prayer and supplication with complaint, how many of you guys got a little kid and they try to tell you what they want and they need a, they need a spanking is what they need, but they're like, mommy, I want this, give me that, give me that. You know, like, right, they just need a good spanking. And if you want me to spank your kid, I'll spank them for you. But not one. <laughs> But, you, but now if a child comes to you and says, Mom, Dad, thank you. I just love you. And they give you a hug and they appreciate you. Come on, you know, you're just going to, your heart's going to melt. And you, they just, you know, some kids know how to work their parents. How many of you guys were a kid you know how to work your parents? Like, you know how to manipulate. You got, some of you guys were that way. You just like, you knew how to get whatever you want by telling your mom or your dad what they wanted to hear, right? But it says be anxious for nothing. You can just start praying, playing anything, Frank. I don't, I don't care. But... Um, I know I'm supposed to be preaching Romans 5, but, but it says, Be anxious, but with all things through prayer and sub, with thanksgiving, let your request to be made known unto God. And it says, The peace of God that passes our natural understanding will 
guard our heart and our mind through Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I was like, Lord, I need that guarding. I need you to guard my heart. I need you to guard my mind. And I, I'm, I'm thankful that I can just come to you in a place of prayer and just say thank you. And I don't have to do anything. And sometimes even in prayer, we want to get close to God. Sometimes just sit there and wait. Just wait and just listen. Just meditating on it. Say, Lord, I love you. Thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your presence. And it says, we've been justified by our faith. I'm back in Romans 5. And we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we also have access by faith into the grace by which we stand. Don't you know our faith gives us access into grace? You know what grace is? Grace is the strength of God being demonstrated in our lives even though we don't deserve it. Come on, how many of you guys, you're in a place in life that's like, man, God, I don't deserve it today. I, I, I you know, I, I had crazy thoughts or some crazy actions. And come on, is that just Pastor Steve? Are you ever, come on, how many of you guys have ever disqualified yourself and from the grace of God? And God says, no, no, my grace is my, is my divine strength that's going to come to you regardless of you deserving it. Because God's grace and his love is not based upon our performance And so it's our faith that gives us peace. And the faith gives us access into the grace by which we stand. We stand in this grace. Greg, if you want to come, you can come too, Greg. I don't know how we're going to end. By which we stand. And it says we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we rejoice in this glory. Come on, how many love the glory? We rejoice in the glory. And then here's another verse that we're not going to like. Like it says, and not only that, but we also are excited. Are we glory about pressure? Pressure. Come on. Pressure. Or or the Bible says tribulations. It says we also, come on. Have you ever read and you're like, man, Paul, why'd you put that in there? Like in James chapter 1, it says, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptation, knowing that the testing and the trying of your faith produces patience. And let patience have her perfect work so you can be like, Ooh, I don't like that verse. Because I'm impatient. I'm pre- now, Pastor Steve is preaching to me because I'm, Pastor Steve is impatient sometimes. Look at Sandra. Sandra's like, Yes. I need prayer. I'm a, I can be impatient. I can be impatient. Especially when I, I have a lot to do. How many of you guys are do people? You're do like, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to go here. And you got a list. I got to get this done. You feel like I want to be productive today. I want to I wanna check off my list and get this done. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in the midst of it, don't let all the activity rob you of your peace. And so it says we... We glory in pressure, knowing, now it says tribulation, but I'm, I like P's. I like P words. So it says, you know, you like peace. It says pressure. We glory in pressure, knowing that pressure produces perseverance. And perseverance produces, here's another P word. I'm going to change the word in your Bible. Perseverance produces proof. Proof. Our care, our proof that you're the real thing. 
See, God has to prove us that you're the real thing. Anyone here has ever bought a car and you bought a lemon? Or someone lied to you. I, I helped someone get a car and somebody rolled the odometer uh, ahead and they rolled it ahead and we went to buy the car and it said it had 80,000 miles on it but really this car had over 200,000 miles on it and we didn't do a car fax but anyhow we took the person's but how many know that person lied and that car was a phony it was a lemon it wasn't the real thing or some of you guys know what I'm talking about. How many of you guys like to buy knockoffs, like knockoff Gucci or, or some other high-end purse? And you know, I'm not going to spend $1,500, so I'm just going to get the look-alike. I'm like, go ahead, Pastor Portia, buy that look-alike, girl, because it's going to save me a lot of money. I don't care. <laughs> if I can afford... No, no, she does I'm just teasing. But God proves us, what, that we're, we're really his. And so it says we glory in pressure because it produces perseverance. That produces, perseverance produces proof. And then proof produces hope. And the hope doesn't disappoint us because God's love is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So just stand to your feet today. Stand to your feet. I could keep preaching this verse, but it goes on in Romans chapter 5, and it talks about the love of Jesus. And it talks about God, talks about Jesus, come on, loving us and dying for us to cause us to be all that he wants us to be. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor Steve, I just need more of the Spirit of God in my life. I want to be baptized afresh in the Holy Spirit. I want to have a go attitude in my heart. I want to have a go attitude in my life. I want to see other people. I don't want to be so self-entered. Just lift up your hands and the worship team. I'm just going to pray for you, Lord. I just pray for myself today and pray for all that are joining online and pray for us here gathered at Encounter Church, Lord, that you would do a work in us do a fresh work in our life, Lord, and we would make room for you and say yes to you every day and every moment of the day, Lord, that you would be filled with your righteousness. And so we thank you for victory. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for touching us. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.